It is Friday, April 22nd, 2022. This is Baseball Today. That is my man, T. Ploof. I am Chris Rose. Welcome back to the mainland, my friend. It feels really nice to be back. Yesterday morning, I was swimming in that beautiful Pacific, clear waters underneath me. And today I woke up, had a cup of coffee in Calabasas. So I'm excited to be home in the studio, Magnum Condom Studio. We are back, baby. How are you feeling, C. Rosie? I'm doing great. I'm feeling really good. Got my workout in. Uh, went and saw my cardiologist this week, which was very important for those of you that need that in your life. He gave me a stern talking to, so I'm going to listen to him this time. We're going to get it going by the end of the summer, man. I'm going to be wearing a Speedo on this show, and people are going to be like, damn, Rose, way to get it done. But I, I will t- say this, and it's a baseball story. I feel very good today. Um, Brady's team, I've talked a little bit about him. He's a 16-year-old sophomore. Uh, they've struggled this year. They have no seniors. It's been a growing year. He personally, he's been able to start at third base every game, but he had an arm issue early in the season was not able to pitch until yesterday. Finally, he got out there and I usually don't get nervous. I was like shaking. I was shaking for his first pitching performance of the year. Did a good job. Pop out, walk after an O2 count, stolen base on a drop ball, wild pitch grounder, got him in strikeout to end the inning looked good felt healthy so i'm just happy for him proud of him to get out there there you go go brady all right man yeah 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 um special shout out to those of you joining us live on the amp app we greatly appreciate it we'll get to your calls and comments they have been fantastic all week tell your friends it's a great interaction great give and take between you and us we don't have all the answers you know that so we appreciate it it's going to be awesome those of you that are joining us on youtube or our podcast format and if you want to do this and join us live at 1130 Eastern every day or eight minutes later if I can't figure out how to get my phone to work. Uh, just download the AMP app. It's the black and gold one. And we'll see you starting next week on Monday. But let's get it going with perhaps, in my opinion, the most interesting series of the weekend. Dodgers and Padres tango for the first time this year. It'll be down in San Diego. How important is this for the young Padres? I don't think it's that important. You know, like every series I understand means something in the end, but I don't think we're sitting here on April 22nd thinking about this series as like, hey, this is a must win, especially with the way they've been playing. They're nine and five. Their pitching has been incredible. This is what we expected from them last year. Uh Like, hey, they got a ton of pitchers. Let's go see them pitch. Obviously, they have some bats. Um, Machado's just been lights out. And the guy they've been trying to trade for two years has also been killing it. Let's go Haas, my Uh guy right there. Uh, so I think they're just confident uh, and they've been confident. I think even last year, you know, they started off good, obviously the decline. I don't think that wavered their confidence whatsoever coming into this year. I think they know what kind of team they have. I think I picked them to get a wild card this mm-hmm. year. Same here. Um, that's looking like a good pick right now uh, because they haven't exactly crushed the ball. A few guys have been doing all right, but it's the pitching that's really been helping them. And, uh, you know, that's that's what I look for in a team. So I think they're going into this series confident. Darvish has been nasty against the Dodgers in his career. They got Manaya going up against uh, Scherzer. Uh, Manaya going up against Kershaw on Sunday. Same thing. Same thing. Just dominant pitchers. Uh, but definitely one I'm going to keep an eye on. And, shoot, maybe I'll swing down there and go catch a game. No, you won't. You just came I home might... from a vacation. You're think just I like, care? hey, you're just like the rest of us. The minute you come home from a vacation, you need another vacation. You just want to put your feet up and crawl into a ball, especially with young kids chasing them around the water the whole time. Believe me, I've, I've been Dude, down there. My life is a vacation. I'm very grateful for my life. Yeah, I, I know. Love it, man. So I would actually say that this is not your average late April um, yeah. series. 
Last year, I believe in the first nine games, the Padres might have had a winning record against the Dodgers. Then in the second half of the season, they lost the last nine games against them. Okay? They had the like the worst six to eight week run to finish the season that I can remember for a team that I thought was really, really good going into the year. Just dreadful. And they want to get that taste out of their mouth. You know this from having seen games in San Diego and having lived in Los Angeles. The people in L.A. don't don't care about the Padres. They don't think twice about them. Nothing in San Diego. There is such a disdain for the Dodgers and the city of Los Angeles. I was just down there last weekend. I, I told Josh, who's, who's doing some work for Bally's down there, my oldest son, for the Padres pre- and post-game show. I was like, dude, this is going to be like a playoff series this weekend. You watch. There's going to be a ton of Dodger fans. They're going to be loud. They're going to be obnoxious. They're going to be boisterous. And the Padres fans, they better stand up, and their team better stand up. This is important for that city. Let's let's have all the fans just be loving together. You know, oh. just go watch a ball game. Good luck with that. Yeah, we don't need any of the ruckus no. that's usually involved in this. No. I agree. There is a little bit of a it's a little brother syndrome down in San Diego with the with the Dodgers and the Padres. At least uh, we stole their football team too. They're not happy about that. I'm sure. I, sorry, I had to bring that up. You know, there's a couple of cities just don't like LA. A lot of cities don't like LA. Boston mm-hmm. hates LA. I understand the Celtics and the and the Lakers rivalry there, but there's not a lot of times where you go to an LA game and you hear an F Boston chant. But you'll you'll hear that in in Boston uh, F LA. So is that something that we do? Like you're an LA guy now? No, I'm not an LA guy. I live in LA. I'm not an LA guy. There's you're a big difference. You're an LA guy. I'm not an LA guy. You've been in Hollywood so long, you don't think you're an L.A. guy? You're crazy. Mm -mm, Definitely not. Mm -mm. Then no one's an L.A. guy. If you're not an L.A. guy, no one's an L.A. guy. Not true. Not true. So I am an objective observer uh, because I, you know, I don't have any disdain for either the Dodgers nor the Padres. Right. I mean, I just I root for good baseball. That's what I want to see. I remember last year at the beginning of the season when the Padres took it to him a couple of times. It looked awesome down there, right? The lights going on and off, kind of a la Yankee Stadium when the Padres would go deep. I love it. That's why I don't want to dismiss it as just another series in April. Like, I crave October in April, and I think this series will give it to us. I'm super excited about it. That's all. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'll be glued. I'll be glued. All right, uh, Mr. Sensatella, the Colorado Rockies, you are next up. In the bid to prevent Miguel Cabrera from becoming the latest Mr. 3000. However, some are still talking about what happened in Miggy's last at bat yesterday at Comerica in the eighth inning when Aaron Boone and the Yankees walked him intentionally and got Boone soundly. Any problem with that strategy? No, I don't have any problem with the strategy. I know it sucks for the fans. You know, eighth inning up there, he's got a couple guys on the uh, on base, could drive in a few runs, the 3,000 hit. But, like, that's just – it's strategy. Uh, you know, he's one of the best right-handed hitters of our generation. Uh, and Boone made the right call. He's trying to win the game. I mean, that's, that's the main focus here. I, like I said, I understand the fans' perspective. Like, you were like, we're going to get one last chance with me. We're going to see it. Got the cameras going. And then you see the catcher just go like the four. He walks the first base. I understand how that could be horrible for you. But like Boone's job is to put the Yankees in the best position to win. And remember, this guy gets a lot of crap for his managing style. Like he 
gets put through the ringer in New York. So if he didn't walk Miguel there, Miguel gets a base hit. People are be up in arms going crazy. Like there was an open base. You have the matchup you want. What are you doing? Uh, so I had no problem with it. It backfired sort of Austin Meadows dunked one in, but I think, uh, I think today is a day, Chris, I think today is a day we're going to get 3000 and I'm going to make a prediction. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see like a double down or like right center field gap, right field, like an oppo. Has, that's what I oppo. feel like has to yeah. be oppo for him. Uh, zero problem with it whatsoever. Zero, none. Aaron Boone gets paid by the New York Yankees to win games. He doesn't get paid by Major League Baseball to help milestones happen for the other squad. Now, would I have felt different? Because Miguel Cabrera still has three more chances to get it done at home. And let's remember, he had a long homestand where he did. He was stuck on 499 homers before he went up to Toronto and hit number 500 last year. So the good fans of Detroit missed out on seeing that milestone. Miggy admitted afterward, he's like, I was pressing. Like, it's hard to hit a home run. It's different to try and get a hit instead of one a hit over the fence. But he's only got three, to- three times to do this in Detroit, okay? He wants to do it in Detroit before he hits the road for a lengthy road trip. So I know he wants to- – so I suppose if this happens, let's say he goes over until his last at-bat Sunday, and then the Rockies intentionally walk him. <laughs> Are you going to say the same thing about Bud Black that you would about Aaron Boone? Yeah, because like that's his job, man. I, I get it. Isn't the intentional walk ridiculous? Just another thing pitchers have. I'm oh, I don't want to face you. The situation's too tough. It's called strategy, brother. It's so stupid. What strategy does a hitter have against the pitcher? I don't want to face this pitcher. So can I just not face him? Are you kidding me? Well, what's the difference between that and double teaming a hot player in basketball? I'm talking baseball here, Chris. I'm talking hitters versus pitchers, bro. What is this show is called baseball today, bro? We. If I just thinking about the intentional walk right now pisses me off. Like you were scared to face me. I'm in an advantageous situation. Uh, I don't want to face him. Here's your free pass. Get out of here with that. Hey, uh, shout out to our producer, Robbie Scirocco oh. at the dials. And by the way, you can catch raw. It's the debut of like the Rob and Dan show coming up on amp uh, right after us. So make sure you listen to those two knuckleheads. And I mean that with nothing but endearment in my heart. Uh, Robbie, why don't you throw some names in the chat of of people that are holding on on AMP just so I can recognize them and, you know, get in that queue so you can line up to ask questions, which are coming up in about 10 minutes or so. We continue on, though, with another outstanding series, this one in the American League. Jays continue their road trip with a stop in Houston. Tonight, they're going to deal with Justin Verlander, who's been awesome so far. Give me a percentage chance that this is the ALCS matchup. Uh, 0% chance, Chris, because I told you the White Sox are going to be in the World Series, so it can't be the matchup. But I would like to see this, you know, in an alternate universe be the matchup. This is either two juggernaut teams we're talking about, and that's kind of what baseball needs. I like the moxie of both of these teams, and I think having JV back there on the mound is, is it's so big for the Astros who didn't need something big to help them out at all. Um, and the Blue Jays, you know, they're kind of fired up. Uh, there's something about Manoa that like makes me think he's going to be the X factor like all season long. There's something about that attitude. I understand on the offensive side that that's kind of where their stars are. Mm-hmm. But something about Manoa and, and like being like that big boy, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to draw off that energy all season long. So kind of two teams that are I – mean, you don't want to face these guys. Right? These are These are two – of the scariest teams in baseball. And I would like to see them in the ALCS, but to answer your questions, not going to happen. I believe, I think 
I don't know if I picked an opponent in the ALCS for the White Sox just yet. But either one of these teams would suffice. I'll just say the Astros right now because they've just been in it every single year. So there you go. There's the uh, ALCS. So if the question was what percent chance is it that both these teams are playoff teams, I would give it like an 85% chance. I really believe in both. 85? That's it? That's, that's a lot. I mean, you just never know. There could be some major injuries, some weird stuff that happens. Okay. That's why I just I, I don't like to go. I'm saying that both of these teams make the playoffs. Yeah. You can still be a really good team and not make the playoffs. Just ask the Blue Jays last year. Um, yeah. As far as percent chance for the ALCS, right? Things have got to line up the right way in the playoffs for the matchups to happen now that we've mm-hmm. got six teams and there's a couple teams that will get buys and all that sort of stuff. So I would say percent chance is like 18% that it happens, which is still very high, very, very high. But I say that because I picked the Blue Jays to win it all. So they have to play somebody in the ALCS. And so I'm going to give Houston the possibility of seeing it. It'd be a hell of a series, man. Right now, Baseball Reference has a 93.5% chance for the Blue Jays to make the playoffs, but only like a 66% chance for the Astros to make the playoffs. Baseball Reference, let me tell you something, they're going to make the playoffs yeah. of winning the West. Yeah, let's change that up a little bit. Real interesting series. I want to see if Verlander can continue it. He's been great through two starts. Remember, he had 20 months off, and now he's 39 years old and still just blowing cheese there fast, everybody. Mm. And George Springer. It's his second trip back to Houston since signing that massive deal with the Jays. But last year in their four-game set, he had a quad quad injury. Did not play. Still got a nice ovation. Video tribute, I believe, the whole bit. Um, Still beloved down there. It'll be nice to see him play against his old team. Because that guy, like, I think their winning percentage when he starts games is like 700 or something ridiculous for the Blue Jays. It's, It's why they signed him. Oh, he's he's incredible. One of my favorite players to watch in the big leagues. And remember, he was the face of that Sports Illustrated cover that said Blue or Astros will win the World Series in 2017. Uh, God, that was a fun team. Today's edition of Baseball Today is presented to you by our good friends over at Muggsy Jeans. I want you to feel great. I want you to look great. I want to save money. It's just a couple of easy steps. First of all, if you've never tried on a pair of Muggsy Jeans, you know how like jeans in the past you'd pull them on and it takes forever to get over like my child birthing hips and all sorts of stuff and then you button them and you're really uncomfortable that is not the play here with mugsy jeans they are the most damn comfortable jeans around they are stretch jeans for men this is what they do it's what they specialize in so i want you to go over to mugsy.com you're going to use the promo code today you're going to get 10 percent off your entire order you're going to look great whether you're a few pounds heavier than you would like or whether you're exactly where you want to play. That's the great thing about these jeans. They expand with you. If you've got a few extra LBs and if you're right dialed in, they don't look too baggy. Like that's the problem with some of these jeans that say, well, we look great with, no, it's not true. But here with Muggsy jeans, I could lose a few pounds, which I plan on doing, and they're still going to look and feel great. The thing I love most about them, the colors. It's not just blue and bluer and bluest. I got charcoal gray for the first time in my jeans repertoire, but they've got the whole rainbow color. So if you're feeling a little spicier and you want to try something different, go that. If you want to go more traditional, they've got that as well. So once again, go to Muggsy.com. Baseball, actually today, is the code word, and you'll get 10% off your order. Okay? You'll enjoy them. That someone special in your life will enjoy them as well. I guarantee it.
We move from uh, two real interesting clubs as far as uh, winning impact to one that has the worst record in Major League Baseball and its longest losing streak. The Cincinnati Reds, who return home after getting uh, pummeled in Los Angeles and San Diego. They start a home weekend series against the St. Louis Cardinals, trying to snap a nine-game slide with their outstanding rookie Hunter Green on the mound. What is your confidence level that in his third big league start, he snaps the red skid. Uh, it's going to be tough because the Cardinals are playing good ball, but if anyone can be a stopper right now, or like a new stopper in the show, it, it might just be Hunter Green. Third start, like you mentioned, start to get, you know, really into your routine as a pitcher, kind of maybe some of those first jitters are gone. Like, you know, it was, I think for him, first start in the big leagues jitters then he comes to la in front of everybody that's like extra amped up now let's settle in your third start kind of just go with some regular ball here um he obviously has the stuff to do it um sure let me let me give you a line here i'm, I'm predicting things all day today i yeah, think he will go i think he goes six innings two runs and that's i don't know great. if that's gonna be i don't know if that's gonna be enough for the reds to win because i don't know how much they're gonna score um but I, I think he's going to give them a chance. You know what? Uh, Steven Matz is going for the Cardinals, and he hasn't pitched really well. So I think I think the Reds can score some runs. I hate it when teams are on long losing streaks. It sucks. I mean, think about it. You, they're going to go a week and a half between wins. Not fun, Chris. It's not fun at all in that clubhouse right now. I'll tell you that. No, no. Now, as far as the Cardinals lineup, there's really only one guy that's mashing. I think let me let me look at this real quick yeah i mean there's one guy that's mashing and it's nolan arenado everybody else carlson ops under 500 goldschmidt under 500 o'neill under 700 oh tommy edmonds having a good start to the year he's over a thousand and albert Pujols in in limited time what's he got 21 at bats but the rest of the crew they're not they're not hitting they're not hitting so i don't want to put this on a rookie but i'm putting it on a rookie hunter green Go out and shove. Your first two starts were against the world champion Braves and the teams that's been as dominant as anybody over the last eight years, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So you can deal with this lineup. Let's go for it. Go get it. Get him some early runs. The Reds have had so few leads this year. So few leads. If you get a run or two over the first day, everybody can exhale, right, Plu? Yeah, there's a couple things, especially like you said, if the Cardinals aren't feeling it offensively, this not this isn't necessarily the guy that gets you going. This isn't the you know 88 to 91 you know ah. average average white righty like I like to call him. Uh, this dude's blowing a hundred, like every pitch, every fastball with with some good off speed as well. So if he's able to spot up, this is going to be um, a tough matchup for the Cardinals. Uh, but I'm going to go back now. Okay. It can be very tough if he's hitting locations. If he's over the plate, missing with his off speed, and they can eliminate some of those. Sometimes a guy that throws this hard can get you right if you can only sit on, if you just sit on the fastball and you calm everything down because you have to be slower when guys are throwing harder. Your actions have to be shorter, more direct to the ball. So if he is missing with his off speed and has to come over the plate, this could be the thing that gets some of these Cardinals hitters going. But if he's on tonight, it could keep them in that slump. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but do you under? Yes, I don't know if I made any sense. Totally, no, it does. It made sense. Um, so you gave me a stat line. 
How many pitches over 100 miles an hour? He had 39 in his last start against the Dodgers, did Hunter Green. He threw 80 pitches and had 39 of them over. Uh, shoot, so I'm going to give him a little bit more. I'm going to give him 90 pitches tonight, hopefully. I'd say he's probably right around the same thing. I think he had some. I think he had some adrenaline going there in the Dodgers. Maybe, maybe I'll give him thirty-five tonight. Yeah, ninety pitches, thirty-five pitches over hundred, which would be crazy. I'll go a little bit lower too. Although he hasn't pitched since Saturday, extra days rest. He's a stud. I don't know, man. This is gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to watch him pitch now. You, you, you told you asked me a couple of shows ago, like, is he must see TV? I said not yet, but I find myself kind of like gravitating towards his games if he's gonna pitch. So. For maybe for me, he is must. I'll be watching. Right I'll be watching. Um, stranger umpiring decision yesterday because we had a few of them. The Drake, Rob Drake called Trey Mancini out when he kind of turned after beating out a ball in Oakland. I don't, I still, I'm looking at right it now. again. For those of you that are joining us audio only, he kind of turned towards second. I don't think he made it but boy, Rob Drake was all over it. He was like, yep, you did. Yep. So then we had that. And then we had the Jazz Chisholm play where Phil Cuzzy is behind home plate and is like, dude, 0-2 count, get in the box. Let's go. Hurry it up. Yadier Molina wanted him to pitch. Wanted the pitch. And look, look at Cuzzy clapping his hands saying, let's go, let's go. And Jazz is like, no, 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 I'm going to wait. And finally he gets rushed into the box, sees an 0-2 pitch and hammers it for a home run. Which umpiring call was off base? They're both brutal. Are you kidding me right there? Drake knows better. Like, look, this is a, a rule that's up for interpretation. Like, you have to make, like, a, a real baseball move to second base. Like, you have to, like, act like you're going to second base. His body kind of went that way. So, I mean, that's what Drake saw. But, like, he wasn't trying to go. He was, when he was going towards second base, I think his back was turned to, towards second base. He took, like, a false step towards second base if you look at one of his feet closely like watch this see it took like a like a maybe one and a half steps where he just kind of turned a little bit but drake is get, first of all drake get out of the way dude like the guy is going through the base and you're right in his way he has to turn around i don't like this play at all i don't like this at all drake knows better he's making himself part of the game when he doesn't have to you know what it young, is hmm. It's the uh, equivalent of a police officer looking for jaywalkers. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, I guess technically, did he? Yeah, I guess maybe. But he's, did it really why is have Drake right in his face? Get out of his face, dude. Yeah, he's in a bad spot, isn't he? Where's he supposed to go? I don't like that call at all. Phil Cuzzy telling him to get in the batter's box. Bro, this is the show, okay? If a guy needs a little extra time, relax, okay? Yachty's just doing his job. He's like, hey, this guy's not in the box. Throw the pitch because Cuzzy will call him out anywhere. If he threw that pitch, it didn't matter if it was a strike or not. Jabs was getting, was getting uh, rung up, which I think is also ridiculous. Give the guy a little bit of time. This is the big leagues. He's a zero to three guy. He's trying to still establish himself. He needs every single bat. It counts for him. And it wasn't like so obnoxious where he's walking around. He's standing right next to the box, dude. I'm so happy that he got in there and hit a homer the next pitch and got the Euro step all over him. I mean, both those calls. I root for umpires. I really do. These are two egregious, ridiculous, implementing, putting yourself in the game type calls. It do you know either of these guys? I mean, I know Rob. Of course Drake I do. Is, all right. And? 
they're all nice guys. Like you, I had to talk to them all at third base, you know, like at, they come to third base after their home plate umpire. So right. I like be really careful what I say all the time. Cause they're right. You know, with you, these are nice guys, but like, you know, every once in a while they do things that we have to say bad job. Cause that's what happens to baseball players. Right. Is it, is it possible that cause he, you know, South beach might've had, but I had something going on after the after the game. You want to get wonder, out of there. You wonder about the reservations. You know these umpires they they hey. don't have the star power just to have them hold the reservations. Might be a fifteen minute window. He was yeah. saying, "I got to get there." Cause he like, come on, man. I I only got one more night here in South Beach before I got to get on a plane and go to Pittsburgh. I like both of these guys. I do, but like, hey, it's okay. I'm calling you out right now. Stop with this stuff. Okay. What do you have coming up on John Boy? I'm going right after this. We're filming the series recap episode for talking baseball. Um, and that's it for the weekend. We got you and me Monday through Friday, baby. Like always. Uh, the reason uh, I am wearing the Liberty bell on my head, Nick Castellanos, a guest on the Chris Rose rotation. Normally we release it on Thursday. It came out on Friday cause we taped it yesterday. He was great. Um, really interesting. We, we released a, a really good clip on, what happened with Alec Bohm? I know we talked about it on this show, um, but you know he was kind of right next to Bohm and and has lived that life where he's made some boo boos and uh, I thought it was really fascinating where he was. We talked about how he played on a sixteen U and under team with Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Jamison Tyone. They went down to Venezuela and kicked everybody's ass. So he kind of takes us. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. He was like, yeah, we never lost. So he said it was – he'll tell us the most impressive thing that happened down there and did not come courtesy of his current teammate, Bryce Harper. Um, talked a lot about what happened in Cincinnati. Very interesting how they handled contract situations with him in the offseason. So there's a lot of good – he's always very honest. I mean, he's he holds nothing back. He's a he's great, great personality. For yeah, he, really, he just fits so well in that city, and that's what I told him. So we got that coming up. Um, Special shout out to our producer, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. For those of you joining us on YouTube and podcast form, we will see you Monday on Baseball Today.